The June Stewart Leadership Series was formed and launched in the fall of 2019, and the idea of the Leadership Series was to help to educate and give some additional resources to those in the sports communication world, specifically the COSIDA members. But in today's case of the webinar, we are opening it up to all athletic administrators who may want to learn what now when it comes to COVID-19. Within the leadership series, there are aspects of being able to help the communications administrators learn how to foster their own abilities to not only bring communications a little bit more to the forefront within athletics, but also to the industry itself. Now, if we couple today's conversation about COVID-19 with what we learned with the salary survey of a couple of months ago, we'll be able to see how the value of communications, especially in this weird time that we're all in, how it can all elevate not only yourself as a professional, but again, the communications department as a whole. So with that as the background, let us introduce today's webinar participants. And so that I get it exactly right, I'm gonna read off of their bio to make sure that I don't miss a thing. First up is Amy Yacola. Amy is the Deputy Commissioner of the Atlantic Coast Conference, and she's also the Chief of External Affairs. Amy started with the League Office in 1998, and just about every communications position you can have within the League Office, she has climbed that ladder, and that is where she is today. So a textbook example of how it is you can climb the ladder inside your organization. Andrew Gavin, the Director of Athletics at Parks w, UW Parkside, my apologies, at UW Parkside, he began his pro career at USC Aiken, and that seems like a million years ago. He was the Assistant Sports Information Director way back when. Moved on to Central Florida in 2008. That's where he began a two-year run, run as the Assistant Director of Athletics Communication. Andrew, a five-year stint at UW-Green Bay, and he is now in the big chair at Parkside. Last and certainly not least is Pat Chung. Pat spent 15 years at Ohio State University. That is alma mater. During his tenure there, he was ultimately elevated to the position of Executive Associate Athletic Director for External Relations. He spent five and a half years at FAU before taking the big chair there at Washington State University. So for those attending, and it looks like right now our count is 188 people, know that our panelists, they get it. DNA is inside, the DNA of communications is inside each and every one of them. So what we're going to experience over the next 45 minutes I think will be of great value. My name is Trip Durham. I'm a NACMA past president, and I'm also the founder and decision maker at 2D Consulting. And with that, we'll get started. This is a leadership series. So I want to ask each of our panelists, how do you define leadership? Amy Yacola, you're up first. Thanks, Trip. Uh, first of all, I really appreciate the opportunity to be a part of this, uh, um, today's uh, panel. Um, especially with the two distinguished uh, athletic directors that are on this call. So I'm, I'm, I'm really appreciative of that and, and thanks for, for including me. Of course, this is real life and so whose home phone does ring immediately when it's my turn? This girl's. Um, <laughs> and I actually still have a home phone, so there you go on that as well. Um, anyways, uh, how do I define leadership? I, I think it's an action that, that, that brings people together. Uh, I think we could all probably go through the number of qualities that we would say um, 
are, are, uh, are what come to mind when you think about leaders. Um, but, but I do think that there's an action part of it that really brings people together. And I think everyone has that ability to showcase leadership um, because we have those qualities that are accountability, uh, certainly striving to be honest and trustworthy, having humility, having integrity, um, but in the end, really providing that platform for a number of individuals to work together to be part of bigger something bigger than themselves, right? And that's really, I think, a lot of what we uh, what we all love about college athletics. It's being part of, of teams of an environment that is not solely based on you, but it's based on that collective success that you see when you're when, when you're when you're doing things at the, at the highest level and achieving such such great great things collectively as a team so that's sort of where leadership comes to uh, to mind for me Trip, thanks for having me on as well. And uh, uh, Andrew, Amy, glad to join you. And Trip, you didn't give me my, my full due. I am a uh, sports information alum as well. That's right. Uh, That's I actually right. have. I, no, it's not. It's it's a good thing because it remind it, it allows me to say I actually have a Cosada award hanging in my basement, and I make our from my days at Ohio State. I was riding Jerry Emmett's coattails back then, who's the SID now, and I make Bill Stevens, our current head SID, pay homage to it every time he's uh, at an event in our house. So uh, great pride as a veteran or as someone who started in the SID world. But uh, as we all know, uh, especially, I mean, note, I mean, these times, leadership is, is at, at the end of the day, more critical than ever. But um, it is going to be not a difference maker in how we go forward as an industry within our respective athletic departments. Uh, it is going to be the difference maker. And I appreciate Amy saying that it is active. Uh, it is the choice that every single person has to make because leadership is tough. Uh, we all know uh, you get tested every single day. Everyone on this call gets tested every single day, whether it's uh, uh, through, the, through the teams you have to work with, through a pushy AD that you have to report to, to the media that uh, constantly wants more information, but there's limited, the, the same information is almost uh, identical uh, uh, from a day before as it is today. But, um, you know, it is a choice. It is action. The other thing I'd like to, that in my personal def definition, it is about serving others. Uh, one of the great things about uh, COSIDA and, and, and our communication specialists, experts uh, in our industry, I mean, you talk about servant leadership at its best. Uh, that ultimately is at the heart and soul of what COSIDA is. But uh, ultimately, leadership is that art of uh, leading others to create a result that would not have, have happened otherwise. And we're in a time and a place where there are results that need to come to fruition that we have to guide and lead and communicate and help our organizations through to that to that goal line. Thanks as well for uh, having me on. Uh, humbled and honored to be alongside Amy and Pat afternoon. And thanks everybody for joining us. Um, this is one of those questions I feel like I've never really crafted a response to adequately. So I'll probably dodge it a little bit here again today. Um, but talk a little bit about the leadership principles that have been, I think, important for me, uh, especially coming out of the SID ranks, sports staff ranks, and into administrative roles, and obviously. Uh, currently being blessed to be an athletic director. Um, and that is, I think, good leaders need to set the vision, uh, clearly state the goals, clearly state the values, um, clearly state the guardrails in some cases uh, that they find important to that organization, that team. Um, and then it's cliche, but uh, surround yourself with good people and get out of the way. I agree. Um, certainly action piece that Amy and Pat uh, talked about, but as well, uh, knowing when to you know, step back and let those good people around you 
um, lead. And I think one of the things that I struggled with early on, uh, stepping into the AD chair, the job title that all of a sudden the job title brings power. And with that, this internal expectation that I needed to be the expert. And I think coming to grips with the fact that uh, really leadership is surrounding yourself with those good people and then em empowering your experts uh, instead of trying to be the expert. And I think that's something as I've still struggle with it occasionally and certainly our communication staff knows that I can be a, a little bit more micromanagement managerial to them. Um, but that's been a leadership quality that's been really important uh, to me and, and my values. For those who are watching today, the rhythm of this webinar is going to be set up to where I ask all three people one general question, and then I'll ask individual questions for each person. So we're not going to have all three people answering every single question. But this question, I do need an answer from all three. We have so much COVID-19 information coming in. How do you decide what sources that you're going to listen to as it affects your job from a communication standpoint? Amy, again, you start us off. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I'm not I'm not confident that I have the right answer, but I'll share with you what, what I do, right? Um, I think we can all agree there's certainly no shortage of opinions and thoughts and, uh, and what ifs um, and really information, right? And so it's really kind of wading through all of the different opinions versus the facts that we currently have. And so, you know, trying to keep up daily with sort of reading all of those different things and, and really trying to formulate what aspects do I need to take from a variety of different questions I get asked or uh, sound bites that I hear. And is that sound bite really indicative of what was said from a, from a bigger picture perspective? Or is that just what they could fit in the X amount of characters that went out on Twitter? So I, I think that it's important right now in terms of the information that we're trying to take in and then share with whether that's our internal constituencies, whether that's in our, our work and how we're going to prepare, uh, in my case, commissioner or our athletic directors or other folks that are going to need to speak to these different questions. It's really trying to take all that information and then sort of sort through um, and make the, the decision about formulating my own personal thoughts and opinions. And, you know, it's okay, I think right now to not always have the answer either, right? It doesn't have to be that we don't know, but it can be that, hey, that information, we don't, we don't have enough information to really formulate a, a, an answer that's gonna be final or that's gonna be able to be announced or put to bed tomorrow. So I know that's a little bit of a long-winded answer, but I think it really is trying to just aggregate and be cognizant of what's being said and the questions being asked, but then also making sure that you take time to really think about it and, and, and formulate what's important to then carry forward to your internal constituencies and ultimately what you will need to share externally when the time is appropriate. To, to Amy's point, the, the the beauty of college athletics is we're all mission driven, uh, no matter what where you're at, and uh, as as we're all trying to disseminate what information to use or not use, there is a part of it. There is a discipline of managing noise, uh, because and I think what helps us as an industry is um, the noise is at least you can organize some of the noise based on what impacts your student athletes and coaches and, and your your athletic departments. 
you know, I, I, we're, we're probably all in the same situations where uh, we all have government relations officials on our campuses that are speaking uh, to the proper proper uh, entities uh, within our states and uh, open communication lines with our with our president's office and our president's cabinet. Uh, but it it does take a discipline to make sure that hey, as we're, we're making we're making decisions. Uh, I, I know it's an overused term, but it, these are unprecedented times, and uh, we're all in a kind of a, 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 a unique setup where where we got to get that. We all collectively have to get this thing right for our student athletes because we are mission driven. So, uh, like anything, we just got to be smart about the information which it's taking in, and, and probably the easiest rule of thumb is just revert back to all of our core values. Uh, and we're all student athlete driven, and what really impacts them in, in a positive way uh, is is probably the easiest place to start. But you could, like Amy said, though, don't don't. If you're looking it through the lens, I need to have the answers. That's going to be a long hill to climb, uh, and, and maybe a hill that many of us, including me, can't get to the top of. Yeah, I think um, sharing a little bit of the perspective of uh, UW Parkside's a Division II institution, a non-football playing institution. So obviously, if you think about the information out there nationally, especially around sports, uh, so much of it is you know, in the worlds that Pat and Amy live or the Power Five and the conversations and questions around um, football and what's going to happen in the fall. And certainly we have those questions and, um, and we have our student athletes that are set to come back in mid-August and um, all of the same situations to kind of deal with. But it's probably easier for me to um, block out some of it uh, because it's not as relevant. And I think that's important for me to know. I think I could waste a lot of time um, Going through Twitter and reading uh, certain articles on websites that honestly, um, not that there's not a place for them, but that's not a good use of my time as the director of athletics at UW Parkside. So I think um, a couple of things came to mind in terms of my sources of information. Uh, I'm fortunate to be a member of the chancellor's cabinet, as Pat alluded to, and we have met almost daily since mid-March, since early March. And I think being able to have that group as a funnel to tell me what's important in some ways, to funnel this is what's important to our institution that we need to all be aware of, and then understand where as the director of athletics, I need to put some information into that funnel for them. So our university PR director and our campus leadership team understands what's happening in the landscape of division two and across our league. And, and that's the other piece. What is, this, what is the information coming from our leaders across uh, the NCA, obviously through the Sports Science Institute and others that are, you know, working through this on a daily basis, but specifically to Division Two and the governance structure, uh, my peers across the the GLIAC conference, and and making sure that I know the best resources at our level that are an apples to apples. Because even when I get on the phone or a video call with one of our donors or partners, they want to ask me about football, you know. So I, I'm still I'm getting those questions, but understanding what's what's relevant uh, to UW Parkside and, and the job that I'm being asked to do here. So you guys did a great job. You actually answered my follow-up question on how do you process it? So now that you've taken it in, now that you've processed the information, how do you communicate it outwardly? How do you get together with your communications team to say, all right, we're going to take this and we're going to communicate exactly what this is. Andrew, let's go around the horn, starting with you first. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the difference would be certainly, um, and this wouldn't be true of all uh, Division twos, but being a regional comprehensive, and um, we're not getting the influx of media requests that Amy and Pat alluded to, and that all of the different external uh, pressures to constantly be sharing information. So I think 
um, our athletics communications role is probably limited through this uh, directly related to COVID. And I think that's where um, it's been important that that team and myself have constant communication around what they can be doing through the COVID-19 situation and through these uncertain times to be meeting a lot of our other goals. And I think they've really knocked it out of the part of arc over the last seven, eight weeks to be continuing to meet our goals, um, understanding the situation we're dealing with nationally, but continuing to celebrate our student athletes, understanding how to be there to support our partners. How can we continue to have visibility around the fundraising campaign we launched in early March um, and really be on the front lines of, of some of those important communications and allow me through my involvement on cabinet to work with university PR and, and understanding we need to be ready to communicate um, you know, directly related to COVID-19 and um, what's happening within our state and budgets and, and different things related to the UW system board of regents. Um, so it's kind of free to him up. And I think that's, that's a difference in our level and certainly in our institution um, to allow our team to, to continue to really knock it out of the park in those other areas. We're, like a lot of organizations, we have a structure uh, to how we meet as a senior senior staff within athletics, and uh, obviously Bill Stevens is a big part of that. But uh, as we all know, information does change quickly, especially in the midst of a crisis like this. Um, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. I don't operate with a lot of boundaries with our head SID. Uh, Bill, I'll text Bill any hour of the day, um, and and he's he's responsive to it. And it's really, I mean, it's it, it's probably part and parcel with with the types of professionals that uh, um, uh, that 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 are in uh, Cosida is. It, it helps us if we're all communicating. We got to keep all uh, communication lines open. I mean, like, like if anything, this is probably being a great exercise for us to, if silos were starting to build up with your athletic department to knock them down because, um, you know, the left and the right hand have to know what, what, uh, uh what they are doing. We're fortunate, uh, that with Bill here and their staff, they're so embedded and so respected within our athletic department that just their, their natural operating is they, they do communicate pretty broadly amongst our athletic departments. We're fortunate to have really good professionals at all. You know, I could send a text at nine at night or call someone at seven in the morning and uh, know it's going to get handled, which is which is fortunate for us here at Washington State. So I think one of the one of the things that I try to remind myself on a daily basis is, you know, again, we're talking about this, you know, COVID-19 as it relates to college athletics, right? But it doesn't matter what profession you're in or what family you're a part of, you're talking about that in your day to day, right? So it's that reminder, whether I'm talking to the staff, whether I'm talking with you know, colleagues, whether I'm talking with my neighborhood, whether I'm talking with my family or, or even media members, that again, it's important to sort of make sure that we're providing perspective that we're all in this together. And it's not, this is not a college athletics issue and it's not an issue depending on what division you're in. There may be differences there. And certainly Andrew mentioned those very eloquently, what, what maybe some differences for him are than, than maybe Pat. Um, but I, I think the communication needs to start with that sort of reminder of, um, of perspective about what we're dealing with and, and Pat indicated earlier, it really is these, it's sort of uncharted territory, right? I mean, not, there's nobody that can pull through something that's happened, you know, in this sort of instance across our country and across the world. So I, I think as a communication tool, just really trying to to make sure to remind folks that, you know, again, that the bigger picture perspective, and then quite frankly, the other thing, and I know it's really a part of communication, but just kind of listening, right? Because people, 
people are looking for information, but they're also looking to ask their questions and they're looking to, to ask those different, you know, what are you guys doing and how is that working and, and how many calls do you have a day and what, what are people spending their most time on? And it doesn't mean you have to go down the rabbit holes of trying to answer each one of those, but I think be able to listen to somebody because that's their form of communication and then being able to sort of answer those the way you formulated the best way to do so um, in this current time. Here come the individual questions. Uh, Amy, you sort of referred to it a moment ago, internal and external. College athletics came to a halt mid-March. Are, are you finding that you're communicating different information to different constituencies, whether it's internal or external? That's a really good question. I mean, I think that, I think, and again, Andrew and Pat may be, may be able to speak to this uh, as well. I think, you know, certainly with your internal constituents, you know, your folks that are a part of your team or your day-to-day, -day, you, you do spend more time sort of, again, being a little bit more unfiltered about sort of, okay, let's aggregate what all the questions are. Let's aggregate the different rabbit holes. Not that we're going to solve all of those, but at least to be thinking about sort of, okay, if this happens, what do we need to be prepared for? Um, what, what are our colleagues doing at the other conferences? What should we be um, mindful of? And, and then I think there's that sort of, again, in talking externally, especially with, with you know, and I just say, I say the media request because I think that's a lot, of, a lot of the questions that come in right now. And let's face it, they all have a job to do and they're trying to, you know, they're used to having games to cover and, and being on your campus for press conferences or, or whatever the next sort of um, event or game is in the cycle, and and now they're they're in unprecedented time. They, they're trying to find content and chase things down, and and so we still need to be there to help them do their job. That doesn't mean that we have to um, answer every question that they have, but I think we have to be prepared to try to help them as much as possible. And so I think you know that communication is different than what we're having internally. But I think it's also, you know, the, the fundamentals of, of it are the same in terms of being responsive and, and listening and, and trying to assist in whatever, whatever you're capable of being able to provide. Amy, as a follow-up to that, you talk about going through the different scenarios and plans with your team. Do you feel any pressure from the outside constituents that you get through those scenario planning elements quicker than you normally would have? I, um, you know, that's a good question. I, I think I, I put a lot of pressure on myself in general at most times uh, in whatever I'm doing, but I also think that, um, you know, again, we've got to be on our timeline. We have to be respective of, back to what I think Pat indicated, what, um, you know, the goals and the objectives are for what we're doing in terms of, you know, why we're in college athletics, what our institutions and our conferences stand for, and we have to follow those missions. And so if we're not in a place where we're able to provide those answers, we can't feel pressure that we've somehow failed because, you know what, we'll get you that information when we have it. But right now, it would it'd be inappropriate to provide something that's not necessarily um, you know, the, the, the answer that we're ready to roll out or it's, it's, it's not where we need to be in order to share that at the current time. Andrew, I'm gonna ask you a question that I know somebody's gonna say, wow, Dude, that was so unfair. Uh, but since we're going through all of this right now, it's such a rapid pace. Have you found that you've actually missed somewhere in your communications? I've, I've thought a, a lot about this. I don't know that I would say that I've missed in any communications um, in that 
there's something that we've communicated and I felt like we shouldn't have or some glaring omission to our communications. I, you know, some of that may be tied to what I said earlier about not having that, that influx of media requests. Um, and our campus has been pretty slow uh, to act, quick to, quick to plan, quick to go through scenario planning and have these daily conversations. But we've been fairly slow to act on a certain, on certain elements of this as we've gone through the last few weeks. Um, so I think that's allowed our communications to be effective. And I'm speaking probably more for uh, university PR than I am specifically to athletics, but obviously there's communications that come from that internally and externally as well. So I think where, where I struggle with, and there's probably some, um, this is probably the communicator in me and the, the foundation of, of my work and early in my career is, is pinpointing missed opportunities where I feel like, man, we really should have communicated to this audience, this group of people. And being a communications uh, professional, that being my background, I'm not an over communicator with our staff and our head coaches. Um, so there's been times that I feel like I've, I've missed an opportunity to bring them in when they probably should have been. Um, and just that lingering feeling uh, that I think we're all probably going through is we do be doing more for our student athletes to celebrate them. It's just every day I think about it. And then I look at what our communications team's doing and I'm, they're crushing it. But it's guilt and that lingering feeling of just because of what they've gone through and the abrupt end of seasons and our seniors that aren't getting to celebrate, you know, it's commencement week here, which would have been commencement week here at Parkside. So I think that's just creating these feelings of missed opportunity more so than maybe missed communications. Andrew, as a follow-up to that, and it's an ironic way for me to frame it, given that we're doing this via video, but are the video chats, because you're having to meet virtually, is that stifling your ability to say, wow, I did hit this one more often than I thought I might have? As opposed to being together in a room in which you can all feel it and sense it. Yeah, probably respects that that's, that's true. Um, you don't have the the same amount of just passing conversations in the hallways too, where, you know, a great idea might be sparked by um, a couple of coaches that are checking on each other in the office. I mean, I think we're all doing that as best we can virtually and it is leading to, to great ideas and it's, it's leading to uh, uncovering issues that we need to be dealing with on a day to day. And our coaches have done a great job of sharing information and best practices as they're tackling virtual recruiting and, and so many other things right now. Um, but certainly we're missing um, some of those informal conversations that lead to great ideas. Uh, I have found the virtual communications to be effective. I feel more focused sometimes, um, but I'm getting tired of them too. Um, so that's, that only lasted so long. There were a few weeks there where I felt really good and productive and focused. And, it, you know, we miss the personal interaction uh, for sure. Yeah, there is an accountability standpoint with video call compared to phone call, right? You got to pay attention. Your shoulders have to be up there. You can't keep blocking out your video. Where did he go? I don't know. Uh, Pat, is the method of communicating, Pat, is it different based on size of athletic departments? Is how you decide to communicate, does it really matter how big or how small a particular unit is? I think it's, it's totally dependent on the culture within your athletic department. Uh, with that being said, we all know your culture is revealed during times of adversity. Uh, these are adverse times for every department. Uh, just like Andrew said, I mean, just not seeing uh, coaches and student athletes. I mean, we're, we're all in this business because we like connecting with people and we like 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 serving others. But uh, I, you know, 
at the end of the day, how you communicate is really hinged on the level of leadership you have within your organization, how we're structured. I'm highly dependent on our senior staff uh, to communicate uh, uh, to, to their respective units and the people that report to them uh, at a very highly, at a high level, at a very communicative level. So I think it just depends. I mean, you, you, you know, from, from any seat you sit in, uh, you can see what the culture is. You can see what areas are, aren't being communicated with effectively, aren't working well together, are working great together, are communicating well, are problem solving. Uh, but it just, I think it just really comes down to what is the culture within your athletic department? How well do people lead? Uh, and that, that's what it, that, that's what impacts the decisions you make on how and what levels you communicate at. Pat, as a follow-up, in this virtual world, how do you assess whether or not your culture is still where it was before March 11th? How do you know where you stand? Uh, the, the hope is we stand in a really good place. The, the one thing about our place, which predates me by many years, is there's the, the types of people we recruit to work at Washington State are, are uh, take a lot of pride, and we have a lot of loves that, that work and stay in Pullman, Washington. But uh, everything's a test. I mean, the, 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 odd, the odd thing here, too, is, I mean, we've been tested multiple times in the two and a half years I've been here, and uh, every opportunity is a, a time to reflect and grow. And, uh, you know, there, there's a, um, you know, the test hasn't really been written yet on how we come out of this, but we're all working toward communication plans, reentry plans, reacclimatization plans, uh, how we take care of our student athletes. You know, so all the all the, you know, there's going to be a point in time where hey, we're going to go to implementation stages, uh, and then we're going to look back and say, all right, we either did this thing right, or man, did we could have done a lot of things better. But uh, we're working at it. But you know, where we sit today. A lot of pride in how we've how we've operated, how we've been resourceful, how we've been innovative. Uh, really, really pleased with how we've continued to communicate. But these are day by day struggles. I mean, it, it's not easy. Um, you know, this thing isn't supposed to be easy, but um, this really is where leadership. I mean, that's the topic of today's panel has to emerge, and people have to take ownership. And uh, you, you got to really think through how can I impact our organization today, and that's got to be pervasive uh, within our entire athletic department. So last question before we get to the now what, because that is a significant part of the title of this webinar. So one more background question for the three of you. Does speculation have a role in how we communicate in college athletics? Andrew? Oh, it's first there. Um, I, yes, I think it does. I think as I've thought, think about speculation, um, when it takes the form of scenario planning um, and thoughtful um, dialogue with the key members of the team and the organization and the right people at the table, uh, even the virtual table, um, I think it's healthy. I think it can be efficient and productive, and I think it can lead to the effective communications that we're all trying to put together as part of uh, this plan. Um, when it's speculation that takes the form of what ifs and worst case scenarios and uh, just kind of sitting around either by yourself and, you know, scrolling through social media or just constantly picking up the phone and, and talking to people about what was me and what are we going to do, I think it leads to inaction and ineffectiveness and that can lead to missed opportunities or miscommunication. Um, so I think, you know, it depends on how you define it. I think we're all needing to be speculative in some respects right now um, because there's so much uncertainty, um, but that needs to be healthy in terms of proper scenario planning and, and productive conversations with the right people. 
I agree with Andrew on that. I mean, wholeheartedly, it, it depends on the situation. Internally, is different because we are in scenario planning mode. We are modeling uh, different budget, different budgets, uh, different reentry plans. Uh, so internally, there has to be a there has to be a speculatory uh, view uh, tone and how how we're planning ahead. But externally, it is different uh, because because we have to manage our message correctly. Uh, we have to make sure that there, you know there's always. Uh, unintended consequences and how we how we when, when we put messages out so uh just we have to continue to be thoughtful and strategic and how we communicate externally that has not changed at all yeah i would echo the same thing i think there's an internal perspective and there's an external perspective the people that you're sort of you know down in that that bunker with that you're you're trying to go through everything and try to really figure out how to best prepare for every scenario those are the people that you're you trust that you're putting you know you're you're putting all your thoughts and and you're able to sort of really speak freely i think then you know very much so to, to both andrew and pat's um you know what they already said is that when when you communicate that externally though it's really important to have your message on point right it's really important to make sure that that you're controlling that um because once that's out there in space you you, you can't you can't really get that back. Um, and that's why I think it really is critical to be as honest and truthful as you can and also be able to say that, you know what, we, we're not in a place where we, we have that information today. All right, so we're at the now what part. And the way that the title of this has been structured, the role of athletic communications seems to present a singular focus. Now what, the role. So I want each of you to give me a, an impression of what you think singularly. Now, we know that there's a lot going on in athletic communications during this weird time. But singularly, what do you think the role of athletic communications is? And Amy, we will start with you. Well, I, I, I think, first of all, I think we're all in this together. I think we can't lose sight of that. I think, you know, um, I think we can't lose sight of that. And I think as athletic communicators, I think our job is to, to make sure that we continue to um, formulate and offer our perspective and know that that's valued, that offer our perspective um, on the right messaging and sort of that plan for as we move ahead, how do we make sure that, you know, we're continuing to, to bring, uh, you know, bring the academic mission and, and you know what our athletic departments and our conferences stand for um, as it relates to the decisions that are being made because i think you know and certainly pat and andrew from the ad chair can can uh, confirm that that's the case but these decisions are going to be made based on those missions and as we roll them out we need to make sure that as communicators we're explaining why those decisions were made and how they fell in line with what what uh you know what our culture is and and, and the principles that, that we stand for as, as uh, higher athletics, college athletics. I, I put it in three buckets, one campus, two your athletic department and three external constituents and relative to campus, I mean, more than ever, uh, and this is a challenge to all of our communicators listening, you have to be in lockstep with your university communications. The messaging has to complement what's going on for, uh, coming out of the president's office, coming out of the provost's office, coming out of student affairs, because these are, uh, we have to be aligned with the university. Uh, two, you have to internally within your athletic department, you got to be in lockstep with your athletic director. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, there's so much information as we talked about coming in and coming out um, that you got to discipline yourself to make sure that 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 you if you don't have that type of relationship with your AD, I would figure out how, whether with it's with his or her deputy, make sure you're in some type of funnel of communication because with return to campus, return to strength and conditioning, uh, return to returning a student athletes, trying to get to games. I mean, there's a lot that has to go on here. And the other thing with all the communicators listening, you have to embrace your role as a leader. I know that, that I'm, that's why I'm impressed with the topic or that's why this topic might be more important than ever. You got to step to the forefront of your senior staff meetings. You got to pro provide organization. Uh, you need to help your coaches with talking points. Uh, I mean, there's so many ways that you can, you can help the organization just by understanding that you are, you know, you know, every single day you're an important cog in the whole machine, but probably now more than ever because we're all detached that you are a centralizing point where messaging can 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 form some some type of alignment, and externally, I mean, great great content is needed more than ever uh, because we don't have the responsibility of games and uh, um, traveling now. I, I think this is a great opportunity for this industry industry specifically to uh, to break down the barriers uh, with with uh, the other areas of digital with social media uh, and work toward building great content. We all have a responsibility. We are the marketing arm. Uh, of the uh, of the institution and and the things we are putting out, everyone is worried about enrollment uh, on every on every college campus across the country. And uh, one thing we've done here in athletics is we're really thinking through all right, what are our communication strategies? How can we help uh, uh, enhance the brand of the institution when we're the type of institution where people have to come to our campus to feel it, and they can't do that? So how do how do we substitute that over over uh, do it over digitally? So uh, it, it's you know the this time now what you know, more than ever, um, we, we need, you know, everyone's, no one's in their comfort zone anymore. So this is a really good opportunity to say, all right, these are the things that I know I can help with, but it's, it's a choice everyone's got to make every single day to figure out, all right, where can I add value? Uh, where can I help streamline communications and where can I, where can I really impact my organization uh, today and, and, and help us move at least one step forward toward, toward the goal? I think adding value to what Amy and Pat said, it's hard because they covered so much right there um, in a really good way in terms of the role of athletic communicators right now. Um, but to piggyback a little bit on what Pat said, I think going back to, to my first answer about leadership is that role is to be that, that expert and that teammate uh, amongst the senior administrative staff um, alongside your athletic director alongside your head coaches um, an expert doesn't mean you know everything obviously especially right now that's not going to be the case for any of us and certainly any of our athletic communicators to know everything um, but to be that expert in you no know, being the eyes and ears being ready to relay information uh, back to leadership in the department and on campus that needs to be relayed um, and then taking that initiative as pat referenced um, to take this opportunity we all get the same amount of hours and every day during COVID as we did previously. And I think this is an opportunity to utilize that time effectively um, to really make strides in certain areas um, while we're, we're certainly dealing with and navigating through this situation. And speaking Trent, of time, hey, go ahead, Amy. I'm sorry, I just wanted to interject one more thing because both, both gentlemen really hit this and I think it's worth repeating. Don't assume, right? This is not a time to assume that your coaches or your administrators or your colleagues or whoever it is, your boss, your direct supervisor is gonna be thinking right now of, of when asked this question, what should I say, right? I mean, everybody's, everybody's knee deep in every different thing that they've gotta to do to get through the day. 
and you know to, to go ahead and formulate those potential questions and answers and you know it's not that you have to tell them what to say but it's hey here's some things for your consideration so whether you're asked these different questions whether it's you know getting in lockstep with the university your own boss in the athletic department um and and, and just kind of formulating those different things because that's that's going to continue to come there's not going to be a shortage of questions there haven't been leading up to this and there aren't going to be going forward so really important. Yeah, so there is um, there's an opportunity to use the basketball vernacular from an athletic communication standpoint. This is a time in which professionals can create their own one shining moment to elevate themselves into the eyes of their supervisors and potentially somebody else on another campus. Not that you want to, as Winston Churchill, I think, said, take advantage of a crisis, but there's a moment here by which the administrator can elevate. Uh, I want to make sure that we're respectful of everybody's time. We've got a few minutes left. For those who are watching live, if you want to, please submit a question through the chat box. Uh, I do want to get one more broad thought from the three of you. We know that there's not going to be a light switch moment in this, but how will we know we've gotten to the other side of this? Uh, whether that means communications or otherwise, how are we going to know that we made it? And whoever wants to take it can take it. That is a deep, deep question that I, I actually not have thought that far down the road. I'm just trying to, th uh, I think our thoughts here have just really been about uh, how do we get kids in the weight room again sometime in the next couple months. But, uh, you know, whatever that day looks like, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, uh, happy smiles, um, a lot of reflection about what we just went through. Um, you know, it, that that's a day that we all have to strive to get to is whatever that day looks like. Uh, that means we did our jobs and our student athletes are back here, uh, uh, continuing their educations, pursuing their athletics, building teams, and 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 we're delivering something to our campuses. And when that day comes, um, you know, hopefully that that's uh, that's that's a day sooner than later for all of us. Does anybody else want to swing at that really deep question? I don't. I'll, I don't um, know if I. Oh, go ahead, Andrew. Sorry, Amy. I'll. Um, you know, I'm a believer in, you know, celebrating all small victories. And I think we're going to have to do this more than it's going to be a day where we feel like we made it. I think along the way, there's going to be moments where we feel really good about our progress. Um, I saw a question come in about international student athletes, and that's something um, we only have 250 student athletes, but we have athletes representing over 10 countries. And you know, having them back on campus isn't going to be that we made it through this, but it's going to be a moment to celebrate. And we're going to need to take those opportunities to do that through this. Um, while knowing that some of this will linger for a long, long time and some of it will become our new normal. And we may not even realize down the line that we didn't make it. We just made it our new normal, um, the things that we're thinking about today. So just taking those opportunities to, to celebrate and acknowledge progress is going to be as important as we navigate through this as it ever is, in my opinion. So Andrew, 100% used my small victories and my new normal. Um, so I, 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 it's, it was really well done. I'll take that as a, gosh, we must have been in lockstep. But I also think it's okay to look back on the last, I mean, again, right, it's either today, tomorrow, or yesterday, right? Who knows what day of the week it is because everyone is a little bit Groundhog's Day. But there's also been a lot of victories that, again, even the little things, right? Like going into this, it was like, so how are we going to have these calls? And then you start learning about Zoom and Microsoft Teams and, 
you know, the go-to webinar, all of those different things. I mean, the way we've been able to mold ourselves and be creative, and I think that's especially true as I look at the people in the social digital space, right? The creativity we've seen across platforms um, has been really inspiring. It's been really terrific. And so I think those small victories and continue to keep hedging towards whatever that new normal is, um, that celebratory moments that, that Pat mentioned and the ones along the way that Andrew mentioned, I think that's important. Yeah, we didn't know what two months ago was going to be, and we surely don't know what two months prior coming up is going to be. So there is some optimism knowing that we made it through these eight weeks. How good are we as communicators? We'll get through the next eight weeks. Um, <laughs> let's wrap up with a fill in the blank. Amy, you spent three years on the Casida board. You just rolled off uh, last summer. Fill in the blank. We can be effective communicators through this crisis if we what? we lean on each other, right? There's a ton of wisdom. I learned that and, and I absolutely loved my time on the board. I I hate not being a part of it and, and being in that room with, with wonderful special people. And gosh, it was great to have those discussions because again, we're all in this together and you learn so much by, um, by asking questions of each other and picking each other's brains and how did you succeed in this and what would you have done differently? And I just think it's critical to lean on each other right now and use use this group, this ecosystem that we have um, as, as communicators to, to move forward. Andrew, we will land our messages as communications administrators during COVID-19 if we keep blank in mind first and foremost. I'm gonna fill it in with, with two uh, answers. One I think is uh, probably the easiest softball of the, the afternoon here and it's our student athletes. I think with all the decisions that are Upcoming, uh, keeping our student athletes first and foremost is going to continue to be important. And look at our university mission. I think, um, as Pat's talked a little bit about, you know, being in lockstep with university communications, with the university mission and leadership team, um, needs to be of utmost importance as we navigate this. And athletics so many times can find ourselves on an island on institutional campuses and this is really an opportunity maybe for those of us who have been operating in an island uh, not saying we've done that here at parkside um, but to build stronger relationships and, and really become aligned with our institution and that can that can move on into the future as well pat as a leader of the department or a unit you'll find success through these times if you blank Continue to look if you continue to look for the positives. More in times like these, we need positivity, and um, we all need to. And it's those little wins that Andrew and Amy both talked about that that need to be celebrated. And uh, we're, you know, like I tell our, you know, I tell our coaches, our staff, hey, we, we're built for this. Uh, all of us have have gone through whatever road of life that is putting us together at this specific time. And uh, we believe in our mission. We believe in the planning we have. We believe in each other. So uh, we're built for this. And uh, if, if we, we'll find success, if we keep seeking the positives and, and, and use this time to learn. So Andrew addressed one of the questions that came in about international. Two other questions have come in. I'll assign one to Pat, one to Amy, and then we'll conclude today's session. Uh, from a GA standpoint, somebody that has just been asked to assume a higher role within the department because of furloughs. Amy, how does this young person get over the hump and taking on new leadership in an area in which they probably don't have any experience in becoming a leader naturally and through time? 
Yeah, that's it. It's I, I can totally appreciate how that'd be an extremely challenging position to be in. Um, and happy as I think a little bit more through it to, to have a conversation offline about this as well, if, if someone wants to, to do so. But but I think this is kind of what you mentioned, Tripra, you've got this chance to sort of be a one shining moment um, for yourself. And again, just because you're put in a challenging situation doesn't mean that you don't have the ability uh, to, to utilize the leadership qualities that are probably completely already ingrained in you to, to move forward. And that doesn't mean that you're gonna have all the answers and it doesn't mean that, uh, that you won't have to ask a lot of questions, but but go ahead and use the resources around you and and get after it, right? Take the opportunity and look to thrive. Pat, the other question that came in sort of reflects back, or reflect back, because you can't reflect forward, uh, reflects on your <laughs> idea about culture. Uh, this person wants to know how you feel about just cold emailing, cold calling people in the department, asking if they've got time to pitch in. Acceptable, not acceptable, how do you do it? I think then, then to talk about culture, you, you better have relationships in place before you do that. Um, everything is relationship driven. Like the, 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 the previous question about the GA, um, you, at the end of the day, you, you, we all have to figure out ways to build trust and earn people's respect. So if, if, if I go call, um, you know, if I, if I call, uh, Bobby Allred or football SID and say, Hey, I need you to do something. I cold call him. Um, you know, I know I've built a relationship with Bobby over the course of the last couple of years and trust him that he knows that if I'm asking him for something that it's important that he will not only get it done and get it at a high level, but, um, you know, these are, these are, these are, um, you know, this is where the culture is exposed and, and you know right away if, uh, if if what you think you have in place is in place because you're going to find out you're going to get a everyone's everyone's gotten and will continue to get doses of reality on where they're at. But hopefully uh, the outcomes are, are relatively positive because because just from all the work we've been doing within our respective departments. Folks, before I read my sign-off statement, I'd like to give a virtual round of applause to Amy Yakola Chun and Andrew Gavin for their work today and their work throughout the entire industry. So thank the three of you, we thank the three of you for being a part of this today. Thanks for being great, Trip. You led us through wonderfully. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, we'll thank, let you. you. thank you, Trip. You're welcome. So folks, remember that uh, COSIDA continues its professional development webinars, an informational webinar coming up on Thursday, May the 14th. That's at two o'clock Eastern. The new proposal to change COSIDA's governance structure, that'll be discussed as well as a little bit more on the insights of leadership opportunities provided for members. Uh, on that will be President Herb Vincent and ED Doug Vance. They'll review the proposal changes, let you know too about some awesome opportunities that are coming up. And then on Thursday, May the 21st, COSIDA Mentoring Committee will hold a webinar at two o'clock. You can register as always free of charge on COSIDA.com. For these sessions, my name is Trip Durham. Thank you for your attendance and good day. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you. Thanks, Sharon.